informed customers are happy customers and happy customers are valuable customers. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. Today, my guest is Will. Will, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm just back from a four-day weekend for Easter, so uh, feeling quite relaxed. How are you? Nice. You know what? We had a four-day weekend in Canada also, which I'm not used to because it just moved back to Canada from the United States a few months ago. In the United States, there's like no holiday for Easter. It's just like, buy some chocolate eggs, get back to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that I really like here is we always make sure our bank holidays fall on weekdays. So if, if the date is on a weekend, we'll we'll move it, which is great. So yeah, Easter's always a four day. Yeah, you get the following day because of Sunday. I mean, Canada originally was a British colony, which is probably why we have similar holidays. But we could talk about conquering the British Empire another time. So Will is a customer value optimization specialist helping brands acquire higher value customers. Will, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do at Customers Who Click? Yes, sure. So I started Customers Who Click almost almost two years ago now because every company I worked in and, and obviously a lot of the web websites I visited myself, I always kind of found that there's not much focus on the customer. It's, it's normally just, uh, you know, it's like walking into a store and everything's just on the shelf and you kind of expect it to go find what you want. And it's the expectation is most people will probably find what they want. If they don't, it's probably not there. But who knows? And there was just nothing to really help the customer. You know, the, the, there was no emphasis on the actual customer experience. And so I started this consultancy, which is, is just me. It's not an agency or anything to help e-commerce businesses really focus on that customer experience to make sure that people, you know, actually have a good experience on the website. They, they find what they're looking for. They find the product that is is going to solve that pain point that they've come to try and solve. They find it easy to select the product, select the size, whatever, check out, pay with their preferred method. And, and then a little bit of those that post-purchase experience. So do we give them all the tracking info they need? Do we follow up with them properly uh, and timely? You know, Do we ask them how their experience was and, and how they actually got on with the purchase? Or do we just send a, a review request email? So I kind of look at all these touch points to help businesses convert more of their traffic into customers, but at as high a value as possible. So just trying to avoid, you know, discounts, really focusing on free shipping and things like that. You know, we want to make sure people are actually finding the products they, they need and want. Right. And so when you talk about value, you're talking more about the value that your company is delivering to the customer and not necessarily value as like the value that the consumer is worth to you or maybe both, right? Yeah, a bit, bit of both really. So, yeah, do you want to explain a little bit more about, about the value proposition there? Is it optimizing, you know, the value that the seller will receive by optimizing the value that the client receives? Yeah, so I guess one, one way I look at it is, Informed customers are happy customers and happy customers are valuable customers. So if you give the customer everything they need, make sure they are fully informed about the the product they're looking at and the purchase they want to make, they'll be happy. You know, they'll they'll see everything they need and go, yeah, cool. This is good. This product's gonna solve my my problem. You've made it really easy to buy. Cool, I like this. You know, next time I need this product, I'm gonna come back. And that 
that's a very simple way of, of kind of explaining that loop that happens that will mean that you shouldn't have to work that hard at bringing people back to the business. You know, you shouldn't have to rely on emails and things. I'm not saying you don't do them. You know, it's good to drop a reminder into people's inboxes every now and again, you know, explain new products or your, your brand story and things. But really, people should be having a good experience on the website and a good purchase experience or or an info gathering experience so that when they're ready to come back and purchase, they will do. All right. And so where do you think kind of e-commerce businesses go wrong most often when it comes to customer experience? I think one big mistake is a lot of businesses just see what others are doing out there and just copy it. And they say, well, you know, this competitor or this big brand is doing this. Therefore, it must work. So we'll do it as well. There's no real understanding of why it's been done. You know, they obviously can't see the data on their competitor. I see I see a lot of that stuff with plugins. You know, one plugin will start to become popular. Like, I don't know if you remember the from a couple of years ago, the the discount prize wheel plugin that kind of ran across every e-commerce store on the internet in like six months. Yeah, I mean, that's that's still all over Shopify. And, you know, it, it can do a job, but it's really important that you actually are analyzing that data and checking on it. You know, I'm, I'm just doing some analysis at the moment with one client. We've, so we've tested a pop-up. One version has a discount on it, one doesn't. Now, if you look at the conversion rate of the pop-up, the version with the discount converts at a much better rate. It's about three and a half times, which, which kind of makes sense because there's an incentive. However, what we can also see is of people who saw this pop up, how many people go and actually buy something? And the number's basically the same. So all those people who either don't convert through the pop up or they convert through the non-incentivized pop up, but both sides of the test are converting to sale at pretty much the same amount. So that 10% discount is actually possibly driving down the customer value. For, for no reason at all, because we're seeing that people don't actually care about it. You know, and even having some a discussion with one of the guys there, we were saying, well, you know, when was the last time when we were browsing for products that we needed, did we search out that pop-up or really pay much attention to that pop-up to get the discount? Or did we actually just go and look for the product that we wanted? And that's what most people do. They're not they're not coming to the website for a for a discount. They're coming to the website for the product. And before they've really got very far, you're just throwing a discount in their face and immediately losing 10, 15%. So I think it's really important that people analyze the behavior outside of that immediate conversion rate on the pop-up to see whether it is actually something that's worth running. I find nowadays when people go to websites, all they're trying to do is get what they want to get to and try to click off every single pop-up that comes up, no matter what it is, because there's so many on so many sites that people are just fed up with them. Right. Yeah. And, and quite a few, you've got enforced pop-ups now. So, you know, you've got to have a, a GDPR pop-up, a cookies pop-up, and you have to have those. Now, you, you can go to the effort of making them as easy as possible and kind of pleasing on the eye. Some businesses don't bother, but they have to be there. So if you then also pop up two of your own things, you know, which might be a, you know, a feedback gathering tool as well, but it could be a newsletter pop-up, could be live chat, whatever. All these things are just getting distracting. There's so many, yeah, like the feedback tools drive me crazy, to be honest. So this is an interesting thing that I've seen happening a lot is the feedback tool comes up pretty much like they've put it on a delay 
but the delay is about the amount of time it takes you to figure out where the next page you have to go to is. So all that happens is you go to a website to look for something and then like a feedback tool pops up right when you're about to click on something and then you accidentally click on it and then you got to close it and then you got to go back to try and find the spot you were in. I mean, it's just a bad user experience all around. You know, could just send somebody an email and ask them if they want a survey. You don't need to have it on your homepage. It gets a little difficult because, you know, if on a lot of the tools, you, you can't delay, you can't set like a minimum time requirement for an exit intent, which means if someone goes to exit almost immediately, you display that pop up. Or if someone opens your website, you know, maybe goes, clicks on a specific product page, but then immediately goes to open a new tab to go to a competitor site, you will also just pop up that survey straight away. And actually that person's just doing research. They're opening up several websites at once. They haven't decided not to purchase yet. They haven't really abandoned. You can't really account for a lot of this behavior um, in the tools. And then you've got to you know, weigh up, you know, do I look at what's the average time, session time for someone who doesn't purchase and do I set a pop-up at that time? And you can do it in ways which is a bit less intrusive. You know, you can just ask, What's one way we can make this page more useful to you and make it a bit more like a feedback thing, which tends to get a bit more result as opposed to a, you know, what is the number one reason you didn't purchase today, which is obviously quite, quite blunt and only really relevant to people who are abandoning. There's also, I mean, there's heat mapping tools where you can see where people click. There's user recording tools so you can see what's happening. I don't know how GDPR friendly that is, but we don't have GDPR in, in the U.S. and Canada. There is the California Act, which is, is another whole other story. But I think a lot of times people get a tool like, you know, something that's like a pop-up tool that has a, a discount or an exit intent pop-up or something. And because the tools are pre-populated with language talking about discounts, they just always put a discount, right? It's like getting people to sign up for their newsletter. It's easy to go get 20% off your first purchase if you sign up for our newsletter. But it's more difficult to come up with, you know, an idea of something like, you know, get early access to sales and get access to up to 80% off of clearance if you sign up for our newsletter where you're not giving them any discount, right? You're just giving them access to something or information about a topic. It's harder to make that email than it is to say, sign up and get 10% off. It, it is. Yeah. But that's why, you know, you don't need to focus on the incentives and uh, sorry, the, the kind of financial incentives, doesn't have to be a sale or a discount. People like personalization. They will happily hand over data to you if they think you're going to use it properly. So if you're on a, a fashion site, for example, and there's a pop-up which says, you know, are you male or female, for example? How tall are you? How like basically you know, fill in your measurements, you know, answer our style guide, and we will be able to provide you recommendations that are perfect for you. And if you can make a customer or a site visitor understand that, they'll fill in that form, give you that data, and then you can use that data to personalize to them. Because it's most of the time, it's not about the discount. The discount makes such a small impact on that purchase decision. It would literally come down to what is the price difference on two websites? Which, which one is going to be cheaper with the discount? That might be the only thing that the only time when it really makes that bigger difference, especially when we're talking about, you know, 10 10% off. So by just offering those discounts, you're you're literally just giving away money, um, giving away revenue, and it doesn't build loyalty. It doesn't build retention. 
No, it doesn't. But if you collect that data from someone and then you say to them, oh, this is this is the product I'd recommend to you, and they go, oh, yeah, that does make sense. That's what I'd really like. You know, it builds that relationship with the brand. If they then purchase that product and it is right for them, they're more likely to come back. You know, I, I buy from this brand called Spoke, or it might be Spoke London. I'm not sure of the official name, actually. I think it's Spoke. They sell kind of chinos, like trousers. And they, at least when I signed up, they actually sent out a tape measure to people. So you could or just order a free tape measure so you could measure yourself. And then they also ask you, you know, they don't just have small, medium, large sizes or even those kind of standard ones that uh, a lot of stores have where it'll say, this is the waist, this is the length. They will let you pick the exact length and waist that you want and customize the product to you. And I imagine it's really easy for them to do it that size, but it basically means once I've bought a couple of pairs and I've found the right size for me, I'm hooked. I'm always going to go back there to buy trousers. I don't even want to try somewhere else because there's the risk that it won't work for me. All right. So by capturing that data and by giving me that good initial experience. There is a cost of switching. Yeah, exactly. And even with free returns, the cost of switching to me is I have to you know, order from another website, try on the product and go through the hassle of sending it back if I don't like it. I'd rather just buy from the website that did it right, gave me the good experience, and and I'm happy with. There is a lot of. I actually took a look at that website. It's pretty nice, but there's a lot of kind of explanatory video on them where they're like they have a person kind of walking around, you know, on the street, and it shows their pants, and then they kind of freeze frame it, and they say, this is the length, this is the leg section, this is the waist section, this is the, you know, how we fit the thigh section of the pants kind of thing. How important do you think kind of explanation video is these days on e-commerce sites? I think I think it's great. You know, if, it's, if you use it right, then I think it can be really valuable. And I think an example like you've just given – where it explains how they take the measurements or, you know, which, what does each measurement actually mean? It helps the customer understand it. It removes that question and that doubt. So as long as you use it, use it properly, use it to give value to the customer, that's where it's going to work. If you just put a video on your website, which kind of is just a fluffy video about your brand or something and doesn't really give any value, doesn't give any information, then yeah, it probably is going to be a waste of time. But if it, it kind of fits in, if it answers those questions that a customer might have, then then yeah, I think it's great. Now, there's a website, I think it was Next in the UK. I think it's Next who do it. I don't know if it's all their products or just some, but you'll go to a product page and in the picture gallery, one of them is a video. And it's just, it's literally just the model. Instead of a, a static photo, he's just walking with it. Or the, the model is, is walking with, with the product. So you kind of get that better idea of, of how the, the item of clothing sits on, on the body. And like how it will look when you're when you're walking around. So you kind of get that idea of whether it might be a bit tight or, you know, the, the, the actual length of the arm sleeves, for example, while someone's actually walking. It just, you know, it just gives you like a little bit more information to go. Yeah, OK, that does look good. I'm keen on that. You know, it's much better than a picture of the item just laid out flat. I think in a lot of industries, videos of the product being successfully used are super powerful. You know, it could be if it's. 
you know, cooking stuff, right? You show somebody using the pizza cutter on a pizza, you know, or if it's, you know, it could be a B2B tool, like a technical tool for an industry, you know, here's the 3D printer printing a thing, you know, whatever it is, right? I think those really help capture people's uh, imagination, gives them the ability to kind of tell themselves a story about them using your product, which is, you know, exceptionally valuable. Exactly. It's interesting you went to pizza there because that's what I was thinking. I came across this brand the other day and they've just launched their dome pizza oven, I think it's called. And and yeah, like it would work perfectly there to show the, the kind of start to finish potentially of you know how you set it up, because that's something that would concern me. How do you actually set this thing up? And then how do you use it? And they could literally just have a video of someone chucking the wood in to create the fire. It's ready. You slide the pizza in, you take the pizza out and they show you a perfectly cooked pizza. That kind of, it ticks all the boxes of making you go, cool, that's really easy to use. And that pizza looks really good, which is what I want. That's the end result, isn't it? It is. You know, I've seen some other videos that are really good too, where you have a product that maybe there's not a good use case for it. Like it doesn't do anything exciting, you know, like a cable or something, right? And the video is just like, it's... It shows like the person clicking the mouse and then it shows the package showing up on the door, like somebody handing somebody a package at a house and then it'll show like opening the product and plugging it into the phone. And then it shows the phone battery charging, you know, that kind of, of video experience showing the entire process from the time you click the button to the time you use the product also seems to work really well. It's got a lot of power behind it. Yeah, I think I think most brands could make use of video. Really, it doesn't have to be some crazy like high uh, high budget advert or anything like that. It, you know, it literally just needs to tell people what the product is, how does it work, what's the result they're going to get from it. Yeah. So let me ask you this: If somebody wants to start, they've got they've got an e commerce site. You know, they're already making some money. They want to start optimizing. What's kind of the first step to kind of dip your toe in the water with uh, conversion rate optimization? So I, I would always go to go to customer feedback, get get the feedback from real people. You know, the, the data is good. Obviously, look into Google Analytics. You want to make sure there's no clear blockages in your website or anything. But really, the customers will tell you uh, what's working, what's not working. You know, and that could be, uh, sorry, it doesn't have to be customers. It could be people who have just left their email with you, or it could be people who have actually purchased from you. And, and yeah, just ask them, you know, like, what's the main reason you haven't made a purchase yet? Or what was the, you know, you have made a purchase, but what was the one thing that almost put you off? Or what one piece of information do you wish had been on the website? That sort of thing. You know, there's so many questions you can ask that aren't leading, which I think is really important because you don't want, you don't want someone to give you the answer they think you want. But this feedback will, will really help you work out what content needs to be on your website you know, I think a lot of people make, they make assumptions about a product and it's normally to do with the features and things, but actually people just want, you know, they want ease of use. For example, I've, I've got one client who are in the kind of custom, it's a, they, they deal with custom products, but so much of the feedback is coming through that actually the customers don't care so much about the customization. They want a computer that's going to fit their, their actual requirements. And so often they say, in the feedback, either they spoke to a salesperson and that helped them make their purchase, or they wish they should, would have spoken to a, a salesperson. And the, but the initial assumption, and you can see it in the industry as a whole, is people want that customization. They want to be able to change every little component of the PC, but they don't. 
from all, all the research we've done, they really don't, you know, there'll be a handful of people out there who really who do want that experience because it's kind of a hobby to them. But the majority of people, they just want to know that the PC they're buying is going to play the games they want to play or run the flight simulator that they want to run or do the video editing that they need to do. That's the key thing. And yet it's, it's so easy to just assume that people want the customization and that's the important thing. Yeah, I think there's a big lesson to be learned there around that you're not your customer. There's sort of in the in the SaaS kind of product world, you know, software as a service, you're going to find this happens a lot. And I mean, I don't know about you. I have to use like 50 different pieces of software every day for my job. And I think every one of them is making assumptions that you understand what they mean when they put the language into their apps. And every one of them think that it's okay if they move a button around or do something because you'll figure it out. Right. But the problem is I got 49 other apps I got to figure out too. And I think that there's kind of this customer experience failure happening in the software world, unfortunately. And a lot of that may be just because they're rushing to get the next release done and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's really important to consider FAQs and knowledge bases, but I think what a lot of people do is they, they take the questions in, they take the feedback in and they turn it into an FAQ and then they link to an FAQ. But actually that at best should be a quick fix. Like, let's just, we need to answer this question. Let's, let's get it in an FAQ so people can find it. But really they should be saying to themselves, how do we answer this question at the correct moment? So we, we people shouldn't have to go from a product page or a landing page or a pricing page, whatever to an FAQ to get more detail. They should be able to do what they need to do on the page that they're on. Yeah, you should be able to find out the information you need to make a decision without having to click off somewhere. And also, you know, when you have people click off to an FAQ page or maybe it's like terms of service or terms of sale kind of page, a lot of times people kind of read that a bit and then they'll click something in there and then go to that page and they kind of get lost, right? They're they're a couple pages through from where they were. It's like if you're on Wikipedia, you know, you go look something up and then suddenly you're reading about a topic which is completely unrelated to what you originally came for, but you've just got stuck in this process of just clicking a link after link because it's interesting. And I'm not saying the FAQs will be super interesting, but you might see another FAQ which raises a question for you. And then you go, oh, okay, actually, I do want to know the answer to that. And so you open that one. And then the the answer to that might make you think, oh, hang on a minute, do they support this technology or it might be what happens if I do want to cancel my account. And so you go searching for that answer as well, when really it should have all been on that initial page and just, you know, just explained in, in the copy and the process of, of explaining that product. Right. And a lot of times people will, they'll, they'll tell themselves, they'll say, Hey, you know, somebody could just hit the back button a few times to get back to the product. Right. Which I'm sure you know that. Right. And I mean, most people will know that, but a few people aren't going to do that. Right. They're going to try and find somewhere on the page to click to get back to the product and not find it. And the other thing is, if, you know, it was some kind of a search query or something like that that you use to find the product, you know, the back button may not always take you back to the same spot. It could take you to a search page or something, which is super annoying, but it happens. So, yeah, I think I think that's some valuable advice is, is get all the information, the answers to the frequently asked questions on the page, you know, in your description or or add an FAQ section to your products. Will, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to talk more about 
conversion rate optimization for their e-commerce site, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? It's probably LinkedIn. I'm just Will Lawrence on LinkedIn. You'll see customers who click kind of logo on my my profile image or, or Twitter, Will at just at Will Lawrence. Those are the two best places. I'm kind of not always on there. I don't want to say that, but yeah, I, I frequently check those. So yeah, that's uh, those are probably the best best ways. Perfect. Will Lawrenson with customers who click talking about optimizing customer value. Thanks for being on the show today, Will. I think it's going to help a lot of people uh, get some more value. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.